Just pack up the bags, we're leaving the rags The wobbly wardrobe, chest of drawers that never close The two-legged chair, the carpet so bare You wouldn't see it if it wasn't for those It's Sammy Now that we're moving, now that we're improving Let's just wash our hands of this lot It's no longer fitting for me to be sitting On a sofa I know for a fact was ripped off We might get a car, be all la-dee-dah And go driving out to the sand And at the weekend, a gentleman friend Might take me down to do the local band We'll have a front room, and then if it should happen That his holiness flies in from Rome He can sit there with me, eating toast, drinking tea In the sort of surroundings that remind him of Hello and welcome to Broadway Radio's This Week on Broadway for Sunday, February 28th, 2021. My name is James Marino and on the broadcast today we have Peter Felicia and Michael Portantier. Peter is a playwright, journalist and historian with a number of books. His columns appear at Encore magazine, Masterworks Broadway, Broadway Select and many other places. Good morning, Peter. Hi. Good morning. Also with us is Michael Portantier. Michael is a theater reviewer and essayist. He's the founder and editor of castalbumreviews.com. He's also a theatrical photographer whose photos have appeared in the New York Times and other major publications. You can see his photography work at filespotphoto.com. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. Good morning. Also with us, we have a very special guest joining us from Geneva, Switzerland. Petula Clark is with us in... I don't even know that I need to say anything more than the two words Petula Clark because as... as, (laughs) Well, I'm not going to say good morning. It's it's, it's good afternoon for me. Yes, it's good afternoon. Um, (laughs) Well, hello, everyone. I'm very, very pleased to be with you today. Well, uh, so tell us, uh, you know, let's catch up first of what your 2020-2021 has been like. I mean... 2020, you uh, March 15th, you were in the West End production of Mary Poppins, and which had to uh, uh, close early due to the COVID, uh, the COVID pandemic. And then what did you do from there? Well, first of all, I was not playing Mary Poppins. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yes, yes. Um, I was playing the bird lady who sings Feed the Birds. I don't know if any of you remember that. Sure, um, sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, And uh, yes, and and I was in my dressing room uh, putting on my makeup, getting ready for for the show. There was a knock on the door saying, Miss Clark, could you come down to the stage? I thought, that's a funny thing. Why Mm. go down to the stage now? And, of course, everybody was there on stage, and it was just to tell us there would be no show that night. And I piped up and said, okay, how about tomorrow? Uh, No. Uh, And are you saying it? We are saying that all the theaters in the West End will be closing from tonight, and we don't know how long that will be. And that was quite a shock, as you can imagine. So I also thought, well, that's rather nice. We can have a little break here. I I can go over to America and see my daughter in New York. She lives in New York. And see my son in Miami and have a little bit of a rest. Oh, that'll be nice, you know, a week maybe. Uh, I had a problem getting on a plane from London to Geneva. Uh, It was They were tightening up from that moment on. And I've been in Geneva ever since. 
So like everybody else, we're all kind of locked down and living this very bizarre kind of existence, uh, wondering what's happening next. Wow. So uh, during this time when you've been in, uh, when you've been in Geneva, um, you know, how have you, you know, spent your time or, or have you been able to touch, touch base with your daughter? Uh, were you ever able to get over to New York to see your daughter? No, 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 not at all. No, um, yeah. no the thing, things have been very tough. All that traveling mm-hmm. thing has, has been difficult. Uh, of course, I speak to her almost every day. I speak to my son. You know, I have another daughter who, who lives in Europe. She, she's in Ibiza, uh, hmm. she, which is not a bad place to be, I think. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> No, she's not doing that kind of crazy thing they do in Ibiza, you know, all those raves and things. <laughs> she's... Um, <laughs> Well, as far as I know, uh, no, she's a yoga professor and she's bought herself a, a little house up in the hills and uh, having a nice time from what I can hear. Uh, but I, uh, you know, everything's so bizarre, everything higgledy piggledy. We're never quite sure what's happening from one day to the next. I've been living a very quiet sort of existence here. And would you believe cooking? <laughs> Good. Great. <laughs> I saw what I, I believe was your last New York performance to date, which was in 2019. Uh, the Lincoln Center American Songbook series did a, a Sondheim tribute called Beautiful Girls, uh, which oh, was, yes. it was just a, a one nighter. So I'm sure a lot of people aren't aware of it. It was directed by Lonnie Price. Uh, Paul Gemignani conducted a 30 piece orchestra, and you were basically the narrator. And uh, the the uh also in it were kate baldwin ashley park and donna murphy and i was yeah. waiting for you to sing <laughs> to sing send in the clowns but instead you did i'm still here well let's say let's put it, i attempted to sing i'm still here <laughs> i was very under rehearsed oh. i had come in from canada where i was doing something up there and uh, the weather was bad and i didn't get into new york until really the last second and i was Really very nervous. And Mr. Sondheim, of course, was in the audience. And uh, uh, everybody was very kind to me, but I felt uh, somewhat at a loss. I I just about scraped through it. Let's put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was wonderful to see you. And I think you, uh, Petula, I think you were one of the last or maybe the last person to play at B.B. King. Really? Yes. That was a rather strange thing for me to be doing. I, 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 I was, once again, at a loss to understand what I was doing there. Having said that, <laughs> I had a fantastic evening, and the place was absolutely jammed, and uh, I, I think we all had a good time. That's wonderful. Yeah, I remember I could not get in. Uh, um, my question um, the first one I would ask has to do with your name now many people in show business change their last names because after all they're convoluted often but your last name is indeed Clark however your first name is Sally where did Petula come from that's a very good question I wish I could answer it for you Um, um, my father invented it Ah. I really don't know why, because I actually rather like Sally. I think it would have suited me quite well. It's probably a bit late to change now, but <laughs> somebody sent me something, uh, as people do, you know, with, with uh, emails and such, a, a whole thing about the name Petula. Apparently, 
it is a genuine name and is very ancient. Um, and uh, th- that was quite nice, and, and it means something rather nice too. So, uh, uh, so I'm, anyway, I'm stuck with it now. There it is. There was that <laughs> film called Petulia. Uh, right. There was a film, yes, with I think with Julie Christie, uh, yeah. a very good film called Petulia. And I'm still often called Petulia. I'm also called Petula. And, uh, of course, Americans call me Petula. Um, so <laughs> it's just one of those names. And, of course, America discovered you in 1965. But what many Americans don't know is that you had this illustrious career long before downtown. Uh, that you had made so many films, um, including The Card, which, of course, became a musical written by your most uh, famous collaborators, Tony Hatch. Um, so um, did you have any influence on in that? Did you say to them? Uh, Gee, the I, I, I didn't. And, and it was also produced, may I say, by Cameron McIntosh. That's right. Um, oh, I, really? Yeah, we, we've, we've chatted about that several times. And that was sort of early on in his career. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has great fond memories of producing the card. Yeah, I, I did this, the film, which was not a musical, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was black and white, actually. It was. <laughs> and it was with Glynis Johns was in it, the wonderful Glynis Johns, and Valerie Hobson and myself. There were three ladies in it, and the the, the star playing the card was Alec Guinness. So it was quite an illustrious cast, and I got to kiss Alec Guinness I think it was his first screen kiss, and uh, we were both extremely shy, of course, and I can't tell you that the earth moved when we kissed. Okay. All right. Now, um, did, you, did you ever kiss Charlie Chaplin? I know that you did one of his songs, This Is My Song. Did you meet him? Did you deal with him in any real context? I met him eventually after This Is My Song had become a world hit, mm-hmm. and he was so thrilled. He uh, sent me a message saying he would like to have tea with me, and he lived just across the lake here in Geneva. Uh-huh. And so I drove over, uh, and uh, I rang the bell, and yeah. he opened the door. There he was, Charlie Chaplin, quite small. He was very gray-haired. Um, mm-hmm. By that time, he was getting on in years. And he was so overjoyed at the, uh, at the success of This Is My Song. We spent an afternoon together like, you know, you, you can't imagine. It was sheer joy. He got me to play the piano and he sang and danced and his family came in and sang and danced. It, it was it was a celebration. And no, I didn't get to kiss him, but um, <laughs> uh, I had a great time with him. He was a lovely man. What a nice thing to hear. Now, when you did Finian's Rainbow, this was the beginning of Francis Ford Coppola's career. Did you say to yourself, hey, this guy's going to amount to something? He's going to be a, a famous director? Yes, I did. I did uh-huh. say that. Um, mm. I, I had a feeling about him. First of all, I adored him. He was, he was funny. He was kind. And he, he wanted to make a different kind of movie. You know, he didn't want to make a Hollywood musical, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Sure. Let's face it, he was, he was a bit of a wild man. Mm-hmm. And his assistant was with him, George Lucas. So we hadn't heard of him either. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, there they were, these two great people working on Finian's Rainbow and having a tough time, actually, because 
Jack Warner uh, was not very happy about what was going on on the set. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were working on the back lot. They, oh, they, right. <laughs> well, and we were like like a band of gypsies, actually. Uh-huh. And there was this, there was a certain amount of how shall I say herbal. Um, fuming going on mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> y- y- yes and, and Jack Warner wasn't very pleased about any of that and mm-hmm. he thought Francis Coppola was a madman of course uh-huh. um, so it but but we had such fun uh, we had fun with Francis and and Fred who was gorgeous divine actually and um, it, the whole thing was to me one of the most joyous experiences of my life not just my career but of my life how oh, nice to hear. I was watching uh, some of it last <laughs> night, and I had forgotten in the song if 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 this isn't love, they it, it it's quite a free for all. At one point, there's a water balloon fight, and then at another <laughs> point, you're you're chasing a pig around while you're singing. Yes, I was chasing a pig. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, you know why not? And <laughs> it was it was that sort of uh, atmosphere, and that was Francis. He wanted it to be. Uh, you know, crazy, and we had the helicopter mm. shooting it. It was, it was, it was such fun. We discussed that uh, P- Petula, you d- beautifully dubbed the French uh, version, the songs for the French version of the film. And I was wondering, do you have any clue if if that was uh, a pre-existing translation that maybe was done when the show was new in the in 1947, or if that was prepared especially for the film? Do you have any idea? I think I think it was probably especially pre- prepared for the film, but uh, I, I remember. I dubbed it in in Paris, and by then my French was was pretty good. Mm. But of course, it was very, you know, it was very sort of, you know, how, how when you speak, you sort of hesitate and you say, uh, and I had to reproduce that in French, and it was extremely difficult. And in the studio at the same time, there were some very famous French actors who were in the studio doing uh, overdubs for cartoons, you know, for uh, animation. And it was extraordinary to see these very, very well-known actors doing, you know, all in French, doing sort of Bugs Bunny type stuff in French. It, it was a bit surrealistic, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> wow, uh, but you have uh, you have many languages uh, <laughs> in your uh, in your uh, brain, don't you? Um, you did a, a Spanish recording of "Hello Dolly," right? Does that sound right? Um, did I do it in Spanish? No, I know I did it in French. Oh, uh-huh. it, it's quite, oh yeah, well, yes, "Qué tal, Dolly?" Something like that. Uh-huh. And I don't speak I don't speak Spanish, uh, okay. and I don't speak Italian. Or uh-huh. German, but I recorded in all those languages. But wow. I loved, re- <laughs> I, lo- I loved recording in Italian. That was great. Hmm. Yeah, I can see why uh, with all those nice vowel sounds. Um, you know, yes. you, rec- you also recorded. I don't know if you'll, if you'll even remember this because we're going back to 1959. But it was fascinating for me to find out that you recall uh, that you recorded "Mama's Talking Soft" from the musical Gypsy, a song that didn't even make Gypsy as time went on. Do you recall doing this? I do, yes. Uh, this was way before, you know, downtown and all the rest of it, yeah. uh, before much else, actually. And uh, I had been asked to go to Los Angeles to record, and I thought, well, that, that's very nice. Why not, you know? Mm-hmm. And I I worked with some really lovely people, and uh, that was one of the songs that was chosen. And 
I, I enjoyed the whole experience, but I don't really know what ever happened to that album. Uh-huh. You must have been somewhat surprised that um, after this career that really dates back into the late 40s and the 50s, that suddenly in 1965, you became the sensation in America. Uh, it must have surprised you tremendously. No? It was a surprise. It wasn't part of any plan. You know, I, I know there are so many people who say, I'm going to go to America and make it there, you know, and, yeah. and, and of course, it doesn't work like that. I I arrived in America with a hit record, you know, mm-hmm. um, downtown just took off without me having to do much else. You know, <laughs> it was a great song uh, with a great uh, producer, Tony Hatch produced it and, and orchestrated it. We recorded it in London and we knew that we were making a good record, but we had no idea we were making a, uh, you know, a monster record. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Michael brought up a good point last week, Michael. Oh, yes. Yeah. We had discussed that the B side of it, of the single was uh, You'd Better Love Me from High Spirits. And uh, I was wondering uh, that, of course, at the time was a new show and a new score. But I have a a, a, on vinyl here. I have one of your albums called Pet Clark, and it's all pop songs, except uh, the last selection is if i were a bell from guys and dolls um so uh, Mm -hmm. i bearing in mind that this was 55 years ago do you have any recollection of how you zeroed in on that particular song are you talking about you better love me uh no if i if i were a bell from guys and if i were a bell yeah oh i just i just loved the song you know i'm (laughs) you know that sometimes it's as simple as that you know oh yes i like that i'd like to sing that and and i did so uh Yes, there's not always a deep meaning behind these things. (laughs) (laughs) But I would like to hear about You Better Love Me. Uh, Was it brought to you? Had you seen High Spirits? How did that happen? No, I had not seen High Spirits. I didn't even know it was from a show. Uh And I I, I honestly can't recall how it became our B-side for downtown. All I can imagine is that the, the, the people behind the show must have been, you know, somewhat delighted because... We yeah. sold an awful lot of records yeah, of downtown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. They probably made more money from that than they did from the show itself. That's... Could be, yeah. Yeah, sometimes these, yeah, a, a, a lucky break, let's put it that way. I was going to say, I think, I think that song actually was, was quite popular at the time, and you weren't the only one who covered it. I, I have a Jack Jones recording of You'd Better Love Me, and I think that it was covered by several people. I like it. Um, in fact, when I was hum- humming along with it uh, the other day, uh, it's it's a wonderful lyric. And we were saying Great what song. a wonderful role that would have been for you, Elvira. Yes, no, that's Blythe Spirit, isn't it? From uh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. It, it, it's a musical yes, version yes. of Blythe Spirit. We'd like to welcome a new sponsor to Broadway Radio, Audible. As you probably know, Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers and new releases to celebrity memoirs, languages, business, motivation, and now, podcasts. We have highlighted Audible's work a number of times on Broadway Radio, and as a listener to Broadway Radio, you know that Audible has been supporting the development of new works through their Audible Theater Initiative. So I think that the combination of Broadway Radio listeners and Audible Plus is a perfect match. With Audible Plus, you get full access to the Plus catalog, which is filled with 
thousands and thousands of select originals, audiobooks, and podcasts, including ad-free versions of popular shows, as well as exclusive series. Want to listen to Jake Gyllenhaal and Tom Sturridge in Seawall A Life? Audible Plus. How about Certain Women of an Age by Margaret Trudeau? Audible Plus. And The Half-Life of Marie Curie by Lauren Gunderson. Narrated by Kate Mulgrew and Francesca Faradani. Audible Plus. And there's so much more. Audible Plus connects you to a ton of content that entertains, inspires, and informs. It's easy to find just the right listen. Whether it's comedy, romance, suspense, true crime, science fiction, or fitness and wellness, you can even squeeze in a workout or guided meditation without having to go to the gym or a class. Visit audible.com slash broadwayradio or text broadwayradio, all one word, lowercase, to 500-500 to start your free 30-day trial. We'd like to thank Audible for sponsoring Broadway Radio. Which brings us to your uh, stage career, for that matter. Sound of Music. Did you have fun doing that? Well, oh, yes and no. <laughs> I um, see. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, I didn't want to do it. I, t- I said, no way, you know. Ah. And, uh, and, I, and I confess, I had never seen The Sound of Music. So I was on my way out to the Middle East. I was doing a tour out there. And I bought... Would you believe this? A cassette of the sound of music. This is how long ago it was, <laughs> sure. and and played it while I was out in the desert, which was a bit surrealistic also. And of course, I got back to to the producer and I said, "There's no way that I'm going to do this." Is Julie Andrews? And he said, "No, it was actually written for." <laughs> uh, now I can't. You know the wonderful. Mary Martin. You know Mary who I'm Martin. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Mary, Mary Martin. Martin. Mm-hmm. And who is much closer to me in a way, vocally and personality wise. And uh, they said, well, if if we had wanted a, a Julie Andrews type performance, we wouldn't have asked you. I said, mm-hmm. yeah, OK, you know. <laughs> so so there was, there was a lot of that going on, you know, and I no, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. And uh Eventually, I said, "Okay, but it's going to be it's going to be different with me in it." They said, "That's okay." So all the keys had to be taken down, of course. So all the orchestrations had to be redone for me, and it was a very, very hard show to do. It's very hard work. First of all, you have to carry those kids around on stage, and (laughs) some of them were bigger than me. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Ah. Uh, No, having said that. It was an amazing show to do because, I mean, it's just full of fantastic songs. And uh, I was working with a great team of people, and uh, it, it, it was wonderful. I I read that you uh, toured the U.K. with Julie Andrews when you were young. Oh, is, now is you're true? really going back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So uh, is this that, is a it, flashback. Um, yeah, is that true? <laughs> uh, you know, what were you doing? Well, um, <laughs> Julie and we were both child prodigies. You know, I I became something of a star at the age of eight, um, singing for the troops. Mm-hmm. And and Julie used to do the same thing too. And we used to travel around on troop trains, sleeping in the luggage racks, 
and we would get off uh, at different camps sometimes for the for the GIs sometimes for the Canadians the Brits obviously the Poles the Free French and, you know all these these troops were based in the UK and we used to sing in in uh, uh, sort of camp concerts if you'll excuse the expression <laughs> um uh we would get off half the time we we didn't even know where we were because we were traveling at night in the blackout and we would get off and do our show but julia and i never actually sang together she used to travel around with her step father i think who was a, a singer and her mother, who was a pianist. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and I used to travel. My dad was a soldier. And, uh, uh, you know, I used to do, she, Julie used to sing rather, rather pretty uh, semi-opera type songs. And I used to sing swing, you know, <laughs> mm. and uh, do comedy bits. So we were never what you'd call um, rivals although I think possibly our parents were. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we traveled around in, in troop trains together. She remembers it very well. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and uh, there was also in the same article uh, a, a mention that the British troops would uh, uh, keep pictures of, uh, of you in their tanks as they went into war as inspiration. So <laughs> I guess... Uh, you were a pinup was... girl. <laughs> Well, sort of, sort of. You know, the, the the sweetheart of the forces during that time was a lovely lady who who just died, Vera Lynn. Mm. Uh, she was uh, she was the grown up sweetheart of the forces, and I was the little girl who represented all the children who were left behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your both your parents were nurses. Is that correct? That's very true. You've been doing your homework, haven't you? Uh, and so, uh, how did you get from uh, uh, how did you get from <laughs> parents who are nurses to being an international star? You tell me. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they said there that it had to do a lot to do with your performances uh, with the troops, and it launched a career there. Uh, and but my my. Uh, my base question is, uh, when was the f- first time that you were on stage and uh, in, in like a, a theatrical show? Because it, it talks about your concerts when you were younger, but when's the first time you really uh, had a theatrical presence? I, I don't know if I can actually remember. We're really uh-huh. going back. It's all, all a sure. bit misty yeah. now. Um, uh, the first time, but I do remember the first time I sang in front of people. Because I used to sing all the time, you know, mm. I, I, I'm half Welsh. And uh, <laughs> during the serious bombing in, in the war in London where we lived, I, I used to go off to stay with my grandparents and, and my sister, too, came with me. And uh, I used to sing all the time. And the Welsh are a bit like the Italians. They sing. They're mm. very good singers. <laughs> and... Um, I, then I, I was asked, I used to get asked to sing in, in pubs, you know, I used to sing on, stand on a table and sing. I, I just loved singing. And then I was asked to sing in chapel. And in chapel, of course, you sing in front of the congregation. And that was the first time that it ever happened. And it was, first of all, it was a very strange atmosphere. You know, the chapel smelt of 
polished wood and brass and it was rather dark and of course everything was in Welsh. It was a little scary, but when I started to sing and I felt the people watching me, listening to me, that was my first experience of of communication with an audience. And uh, I do remember that. Oh, wow. That is uh, really amazing. And, and then you ended up hooking up with uh, or uh, being spotted by Vogue Records and, um, and, and working with them. And then we had your, uh, uh, the, that, the recording at Downtown that caught uh, international acclaim. But this is what confuses me. Um, given the fact that you sound so perky and so happy, um, why was the documentary about you called Petula Clark Blue Lady? I have no idea. I've never seen it. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's still time. No, no. I, I recorded a song which I wrote called Blue Lady ah. in, uh, I think it was in Memphis or, or in Nashville with the wonderful Chips moment. Um and uh, yeah, I, I didn't uh, know there, was, there had been a documentary. No, no, uh-huh. no. You know, I have my ups and downs, like everybody. Like you know, everybody I have my else. blue days. Yes, <laughs> of course. Glad we caught you on one that wasn't, uh, because you really have been uh, so wonderful here. Um, Blood Brothers. How did that happen? Oh well, um, Bill Kenwright, who, who produced mm, Blood yeah. Brothers, and is is from Liverpool, of course. Um, is, is a friend, you know, I, he's a great, uh, pop music fan. He knows, he knows everybody in pop music and, and loves it. And he asked me if I would do it. I, I knew that it, it had opened in New York and had not had great reviews, wasn't doing terribly well. And mm-hmm. I said to Bill, Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. He said, and I saw it in London and I still wasn't really convinced. He said, well, come over with me to New York and we'll see, we'll see the American production, see what you think. And uh, I saw it and I thought, I thought it was a much better pr- production. I have to say that I thought the, the American cast were wonderful. Mm. And, uh, but I still said no. Mm-hmm. And I kept on saying no. And then we went for a drink. <laughs> uh, I don't know. What's the name of the hotel on, on Times Square? <clears throat> The Marriott, Marriott. and uh, we were, we, yeah, we were talking about something else, totally different. And I looked up at him and I said, "I'll do it." Hmm. He said, "What?" <laughs> I said, "I'll do it." <laughs> you know, there, there comes a moment where you have to say yes or no. You know, it's a, it's a, that's life. You know, you can't go on saying well, maybe, and uh, that was it. It was quite and, exciting uh, to have you and the Cassidy brothers in it at the same time. Mm-hmm. I remember that was a very exciting time. Mm-hmm. I, well, I don't know the real story. I think possibly once I had said yes, Bill went to David Cassidy and, 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 and asked him. It, you, you know, sometimes it's like that. You get one name and sure, then maybe right. you can get another name. You know? yeah, sure. <laughs> but I loved doing it. it. I can't say that it was the most exciting show musically to do, but there was something very special about working on Broadway. It was my first first time in a musical on Broadway. So, of course, it had to be exciting, and, and it was. And eventually it, it led to a wonderful recording. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, indeed. Yes, it did. Yes. Sunset Boulevard. Um, how did that happen? Well, um, I, I I went back to London and Bill had asked me if I would do Blood Brothers in Liverpool. Now, I was very flattered by that because, you know, this is very much a Liverpudlian show. But at the same time, I got a call from Trevor Nunn saying, can we meet? You know, and I thought, oh, here we go. And I, <laughs> I had a, I was suspicious of the whole thing. <laughs> and anyway, I went, well, I went along to the really useful offices. And there was Trevor Nunn, absolutely charming, of course, as we all know. And we spent the whole afternoon with him saying, Yes, yes, darling, you would be marvelous in it. And me saying, no, 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 I'm totally wrong. And, blah, blah, you know. <laughs> and, you know, it was one of those ridiculous, it was almost like a sketch, you know. Hmm. And I said, don't you want to hear me sing? Some? He said, good God, no. He said, I said, well, you know, he said, of course you can sing it. I said, well, how do you know I can, I can play this? He said, because you're a marvelous actress, which was very nice, of course. I was very flattered. But sure. uh, I said, but, you know, I, I, what makes you think I can do it? He said, because I want you to be a different kind of Norma Desmond. Um, mind you, I think they were a bit desperate. I think they, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't, know, didn't know who to ask. Um, and uh, I said, well, what, what do you think I will bring to this, to this show? He said, you will bring humor, okay, and vulnerability, Ah, I thought that was interesting because mm-hmm. I had seen Glenn Close in it uh-huh. on Broadway and I thought it was an amazing show. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, I was not particularly moved by it. I, I didn't like Norma Desmond, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, Trevor seemed to feel that I would make make her warmer, more. I, I, don't, I don't really know what he expected. But anyway, I did it and... Um, it was very different to the sound of music. Let's put it put it that yes, way. I suppose it was. <laughs> I suppose it was. Um, so you toured uh, quite a few places in America. We did yes, we yeah. did a tour of uh, um, over a year actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I saw a TV clip of. Uh, I think maybe it's uh, you, you sang uh, one of the songs on the Olivier Awards eight years ago, I believe, and I'm not sure if it was. Yes. The- one or another one where they uh, mentioned that you, uh, at one point, you had played Norma more than anyone else. Ah. Hmm. I had, yes. And, and uh, you know, I felt very different about Norma by the time I'd finished it. I felt very close to her, of course. And uh, I finished up, you know, doing the last scene, you know, where she comes down mm-hmm. the staircase yeah. and she's saying, uh, you know... Uh, uh, doing her famous scene, her mad scene, mm-hmm. um, with all the you know, the, film, the cameras going and Mr. DeMille and all the rest of it. Are you ready for your close-up? Or I'm ready for my close-up. Um, and I decided, I, I don't think Andrew saw me do this. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly <laughs> Trevor didn't see me do it. But I thought that all through this show, you know, uh, Max is talking about how wonderful she was, how sweet, and she was the most beautiful. She was only 16 or something like that. And we never see her like that. So I decided to play the last scene, as she was mad anyway, and she went back to being 
16. Hmm. And so I came down the staircase, but she was very, very sweet. She was she was she wasn't this crazy hag type person at all. She was, I'm ready for my close up. Hmm. That kind hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was an interesting way of doing it, but um, mm-hmm. that, that's just me. I was not lucky enough to get to see you do it, but there are several clips of it, uh, I'm happy to say, on YouTube. And I have to say, aside from everything else, wonderful American accent, Petula. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was the only English person in the cast in, 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 you know, when we were in America, and I, I felt a bit like the odd one out. Um, but I've always enjoyed accents anyway, Hmm. Um, I, I, I love doing accents, although I found Liverpool accent very difficult. I, I found the American accent much easier. I'm not sure if it was a good accent, but it was... In any case, I think she, Norma Desmond, would have her own accent. You know? Right. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Petula, this is really wonderful. You've taken so much time to spend mm. with us here on Broadway Radio. We really want to thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, listeners can catch up with Petula at PetulaClark.net, and we'll have all those links in the show notes in a way in which to uh, catch up. And uh, thank you again. We really love yes, having indeed. you on Broadway Radio. Yes, you know, just so a minute before you yeah. go, can sure. I catch up? Can I catch up with you? What is happening on Broadway? At the moment, not much. Not a lot, I suppose. Uh, there is not a lot going on on Broadway. Um, there is talk that uh, some of the larger, uh, more financially successful shows might do per- some uh, limited performances this summer. Um, mm-hmm. But that's including not Hamilton, f- Hamilton for thousand mm-hmm. dollars a seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they they, uh, okay. they this, the state of New York has limited. Um, I, I think it's limited to it, right now. It's limited to ten percent of the venue's capacity, uh, and it might yes. go up to twenty five percent. So they felt that um, in, in essence, uh, Hamilton is doing it. Uh, the the rumor is, is that Hamilton's doing it as a fundraiser. They're not going to keep the thousand dollars a seat. They're going to make a donation of that money, um, and then uh, other shows are starting to gear up for um, uh, might be late fall, early winter, uh, where they think. But uh, we're looking like we're getting about a million and a half doses um, per. Uh, is it per day? Yeah, million and a half doses per day nationwide. And that the uh, infection rates and death rates have been um, coming down as this rollout yes. has happened. So hopefully we'll uh, see a, a, a reopening of Broadway in the uh, coming uh, fall or winter of 2022. Oh, well, that, that's yes, yes, that, that's that's great. Um, well, I, I know that London are hoping to open earlier than that, but mm-hmm. I, yes. that mm-hmm. all of this is so, you know, there's a big yeah. question mark over it's the fluid. whole thing. Sure. Well, they already they already tried it, right? They, they yes, already indeed. tried it. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I send my love to you all. I send my love to you, to Broadway. Uh, I miss you all. <laughs> <laughs> we miss you, too. <laughs> thank you. All right. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. Right. Bye. Thank Bye. you. You Thank too. You. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Terrific. She's 89 yes. years old. Isn't it incredible? Does she yeah. sound 89 to you? She no, sound no. 89 to me. I, and I didn't know till James told me. Did you know, Peter, that she was on stage in Mary Poppins? When the, no, when no. I had no yeah. idea. No idea. Yeah. No, no. Really, really wonderful. Uh, so great to catch up with. Uh, uh, to catch up with Let's such go. such legends, <laughs> sure. you know. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah, it's really so. very exciting. I'm so happy that we're able to share this with our with our listeners. Um, and this uh, uh, came about. Somebody asked me, "Did we plan this in some large, super <laughs> uh, secret plan and things like that?" Because Michael had played that song last week, and and. Uh, in, in the musical moment last week, uh, we talked about uh, Petula's uh, single uh, on the flip side of downtown. Right. And uh, I said, no, no, no. It was uh, – we got off and we had a, a different uh, cancellation for this week. And so we uh, reached out uh, – Michael reached out to Petula um, and we got it all set up, I guess, Monday or Tuesday of last week. And uh, it all worked out. So yes. exciting. So, uh, Peter, do you have an answer to last week's trivia? There's a list that starts with four names. The first name on the list is also the full name of a song in a late Rogers and Hart musical. The second name on the list is mentioned within a song in an early Comden and Green musical. The third name on the list comes in a song that Stephen Sondheim wrote while his show was trying out in Boston. And the fourth name on the list can be found in the song title of a late Harold Rome musical. What are the four names of the songs, the four names that start the long list, and what's the list in which they appear? Well, those four musicals in that order reference Broadway's four longest-running non-musical plays. By Jupiter, the Rogers and Hart Show, has a song called Life with Father, the Longest Runner. On the Town and Come Up to My Place mentions Tobacco Road, the second longest runner. Follies in I'm Still Here mentions AB's Irish Rose, the third longest runner. And in I Can Get a Few Wholesale, there's a song called When Gemini Meets Capricorn, for the show takes place in the 30s when many people thought Gemini was the correct pronunciation <laughs> of Gemini. And that Gemini is um, the name of the uh, fourth longest running play. Tony Janicki got it minutes after I asked it, you know, or nice rebound from his humiliating fourth place finish the week before, uh, followed by Mike Meany, Brigadude, and Ingrid Gammerman. This week's question, comparatively speaking, musicals don't have that many songs that begin with the letter J. However, one Tony season, everyone who won a Tony in a musical category in a period in a musical that had a song that began with the letter J. What Tony season are we talking about? What are the three musicals that have a song with the letter J? And what are the songs themselves? Okay. I, I can only think of James. That's right. So. Charity begins at home, right? <laughs> exactly. If you have an answer to this, email us at trivia at broadwayradio.com. We'll let you know if you're on the right track. So, Michael, what do we have in the musical moment this week? 
Well, as James mentioned, we did feature Petula last week uh, with her recording of You'd Better Love Me from High Spirits, never dreaming that we mm. could get her as a guest yeah. this week. But since we did, I think it's only appropriate to feature her again in this week's musical moment, which is uh, Look to the Rainbow from the French film soundtrack of Finian's Rainbow, dubbed by Petula herself. I, I think mm. it's a... Uh, it's a lovely performance. Obviously, the, the the original English version is is very much accessible for anyone who wants to seek it out. But this is quite a bit more rare, and I thought uh, our listeners would like to hear it. So please enjoy it. Okay. So that wraps it up for this week. On behalf of Michael Portantier and Peter Felicia, this is James Marino saying thanks so much for listening to Broadway Radio's This Week on Broadway. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Alors je suis partie aussi libre que l'air Le matin vers l'alouette et le soir vers la mer J'ai cherché sur la terre, j'ai cherché dans le ciel Dans les yeux de l'amour j'ai trouvé l'étincelle Sur l'autre rive, l'arc-en-ciel se lève Cours, cours, cours vers le ciel bleu Pour suivre celui qui poursuit un rêve Pour suivre celui, pour suivre celui Pour suivre celui Poursuit un rêve.